Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. There is a righteous indignation. We ought to be angry at man's inhumanity to man. We ought to be angry when we see the violence spread across our earth. But the deadly sin of anger is a sin against God, against humanity, and against ourselves. It's a sin that is growing in the United States. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see You're changing our lives so we can be our hands and We've all experienced some form of anger. In today's message, Pastor Ed warns us that oftentimes we are blinded by our anger and try to justify it. Not all anger is bad, but how we respond to it is what's important. Outbursts of anger are harmful to ourselves and everyone around us. So how do you deal with anger when it rises up in your life? Do you allow it to dictate your actions? Or do you try to suppress it? Neither will bring good. You must surrender your anger to the Lord and allow Him to fight for you. Now here's Pastor Ed with part one of his message entitled, Anger. Building in faith. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31. Paul the Apostle gives us counsel on how to live out our lives in this present world. As a believer, as a Christian, he tells us in verse 31 of chapter 4, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Today we're speaking on the seven deadly sins, and we're speaking about the seventh Uh, The deadly sin of anger. The sin of anger. Paul says, get rid of it. Don't let it hold on to you. And don't you hold on to it. And it's one of the most difficult sins to free ourselves from. It's almost like it's glued to you with crazy glue. And God's able to free us from that sin of anger. Anger expresses itself in violence. We are, as a culture, an angry culture. You see it in our homes. You see it in our schools. You even see it in the political arena. Every year, three million young people in the United States fall victims to crimes in their school. Two million of them fall to violent crimes. Two million of them are involved in some type of incidents of violence. Middle schoolers are twice as likely as high school students to be affected by school violence. Eight percent of teachers say that they are threatened with violence at school on an average of once a month. 2% report being physically attacked each year. In a single school year in New York City, 
3,984 teachers reported crimes against them, violent crimes. Peter Wood wrote a book, A Bee in the Mouth, and he says it's a sure sign of a problem in America because of anger in politics. He said, for the first time in our political history, declaring absolute hatred for one's opponent has become a sign, not a sign of sad excess, but of good character. Wow. Statistics in the United States, five million incidents of intimate partner violence occurs against adult women. In talking to Pastor Lou Iannone years ago and police officers today, one of the most difficult of situations that they have to deal with is when there is violence in the home. Three women every single day are murdered by men who say they love them. Anger is a problem in our schools, in our homes, in politics, throughout our culture. Is there a legitimate time to be angry? Yes, there is. Is there legitimate anger? Yes, there is. Jesus was angry with the money changers and the sellers and buyers in the temple courts and he cast them out. Jesus was angry with hypocrisy. But most of the time, we are angry at the wrong things for the wrong reasons in the wrong way and we express that anger in ways that are illegitimate. There is a righteous indignation. We ought to be angry at man's inhumanity to man. We ought to be angry when we see the violence spread across our earth. But the deadly sin of anger is a sin against God, against humanity, and against ourselves. It's a sin that is growing in the United States. Carol uh, Tavares says, there are two extremes when it comes to anger, either suppressing it or expressing it, either burying it deep inside or letting it all out. Neither extreme is healthy. I wanna look this morning at the deadly sin of anger and how we need to deal with it in a proper biblical way. First of all, what's the cause of the deadly sin of anger? What's the cause? The first expression of anger in the Bible is found in Genesis chapter 4, and it's in the context of a religious service. In Genesis chapter 4, it reads, but Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry. And his face was downcast. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? Cain, in some type of public ceremony, where his brother was involved and maybe others were involved, offers 
a sacrifice, and God rejects that sacrifice because it wasn't his prescribed way. He came with some fruit of the ground rather than an animal as an offering without the shedding of blood. There's no remission of sins. And, and here Cain comes, and God rejects Cain's offering, and in a very visible way, he accepts his younger brother's offering, Abel, and Cain begins to think about this. He becomes angry. He's angry at God. He's angry at his brother Abel. And it leads to murder. God comes and tries to reason with Cain. He says, Cain, if you do what's right, you'll be accepted. Why are you angry? Oftentimes, God will try to reason with angry people. Jonah is angry with God. Because God has turned his wrath away from Nineveh. He's responded to their repentance. And there Jonah is angry. And God says, do you have a right to be angry? Sometimes we don't have the right to be angry. And even God himself can't convince us. Because anger is that way. It carries with it its blinding power. Well, what are some of the causes for anger? Well, some of the causes to anger are people around us. I mean, it starts off early in the morning. You get up early in the morning, and you go to the bathroom, and someone else is there. So you got to wait. You get in there, and all the toothpaste is squeezed out, and there's hairs uh, in the sink. You go downstairs and sit at the table, and there you pour your cereal out and go for the milk and there's no milk left. You go upstairs to put some clothing on and you need to iron them. You get in the car, you're running late and you get behind a tourist. They're enjoying the sights. They're oblivious that they're driving in a 50 mile an hour zone and they're driving 30 miles. And when you get to the office, Well, you know, you're ready to tell everybody. (laughs) Our people around us cause anger. Circumstances about us. You know, the circumstances in our life. You're on the soccer team, and the coach seems to favor someone else. You know you're not the teacher's favorite. And you somehow feel like, boy... I got the short end of the stick. I got to study, study, study to get a passing grade. And for my sibling or for someone else, it just comes so easy. God, why did you give me this genetic code? I mean, I wanted to be taller and more beautiful. I didn't want to have to battle with weight. God, Why did you make me like this? And anger just sort of seeps into our lives. Why is their marriage so good? And boy, we have to struggle with so many things. Why are their children so compliant and ours just have such strong wills? On and on the list goes. The people around us, the circumstances about us, and then uh, there's the conditions within us talked to a man recently who was remembering with me how 
an uncle abused him back in Brooklyn, New York. He was 10 years old, and his uncle's wife just treated him like a son, and somehow that must have triggered off jealousy in this uncle. And he took him to 73rd Street. He was going to the train station, and he shook this 10-year-old boy and just pushed him up against the wall. And he thought his uncle was going to kill him. And when his uncle stopped to go to the train, all he could say was, thank you. He said, thank you. That young boy thought his uncle was going to kill him. There are scars. There are hurts that we carry from childhood and affect us in adulthood. I had a dear friend. He was a leader in one of the churches I pastored. And I knew his family well. His daughter never got along well with him. He was a rough German, and somehow she resented the discipline. Her father died. I had his funeral. And all of a sudden, this young lady who I had known for years, who I had a very good relationship with, all of a sudden she turned. And she had this bitter attitude towards me. And I went to prayer and I said, God, what's happening? Where did this come from? I tried to talk to her about it, but she wouldn't respond. And I realized what it was. It was displaced anger. An anger that she had with her father, and her father was no longer alive, she placed it on an authority figure. Sometimes we take our dysfunctional families with us to work, with us to church, into our marriage, into all sorts of relationships, and those hurts from the past hinder us in the present because they haven't been healed. Sometimes it's just our sinful nature. Some people never grow out of that terrible twos. They just stay with them all life. They have these temper tantrums that they carry on all through life. And it's that sinful bent, that sinful nature that they have. So why are we angry? People around us, circumstances about us, the conditions within us and the spiritual powers against us. Do you know that the first murder, the seeds of it began in a church service where Cain is worshiping God and Abel is worshiping God? How did that happen? I believe the accuser of the brethren was whispering into Cain's ears, Cain! Look at Abel, your brother. He's your younger brother. He's getting honored before you and above you. Huh, that's not fair. Remember Saul and David? David was so loyal to Saul, there was absolutely nothing you could charge David with. But Saul was troubled by an evil spirit, and he became angry with David. His anger grew to where he attempted numerous times to kill him. Satan, the accuser of the brethren, is out to destroy lives. And he'll whisper into the ear 
of those who were willing to listen to his accusations. Some people are like a powder cake with a short fuse. Any spark will set them off. Others are like a crock pot, slowly simmering. You know, they just clam up and they're stewing on things. Whatever the cause, whatever the reason for this deadly sin, there's something that is in common with all of those causes. Whenever you indulge in the deadly sin of anger, you'll justify it. You'll have reasons for it. Whether you're a terrorist, blowing up a marketplace, or bringing down twin towers, or you're a parent in anger, or a spouse that's lost their temper, you'll justify it. You'll have your reasons. You'll explain it away. And even God himself won't be able to shake you from it because you tenaciously hold on to it unless you have a broken and a contrite heart. I I, I think about uh, this one young man that I heard, Jason Smith, on a Friday back in the early 90s, goes into his high school. He goes up to another young man, and he looks at him. And he pulls out a nine millimeter gun and he fires away and kills his classmate. And as he kills him, he says, now laugh at me. Laugh at me now. When the investigators studied the situation, they realized that for years, his classmate had taunted him, had ridiculed him made fun of him from the seventh grade all the way into high school Jason was five feet four his classmate was six feet five and in a moment of anger he justified his actions Benjamin Franklin said anger is seldom without reason but seldom a good one Thomas Akempis said, when anger enters the mind, wisdom departs. Whether you engage in the deadly sin of anger because of people around you, the circumstances of your life, the conditions within, or a satanic attack, It's all knit together by a justifying attitude that says, I have the right to be angry, and I'm going to let them know it, and I'm going to let them have it. And you express yourself being governed by the sin of anger, and it's destructive. It's destructive. The sin of anger, there's the causes. Look at the curse of it. I mean, it's a horrible sin. In Psalm 37, 8, we see the curse of the deadly sin of anger. Refrain from anger, turn from wrath. Do not fret, it leads only to evil. 
That's where anger is going to lead you, down an evil path. It's going to lead you into an evil place, a sinful place. God puts his stop signs, flashes his red lights, sends the check of the Holy Spirit, but you just brush it aside. You just ignore it. And you go headed into a place that's dangerous. Anger is only one letter away from danger. Problem with anger is it's so explosive. And it's such a deadly destructive sin. The perpetrator is hurt, but also everybody around them. Anger is harmful to everyone. In Proverbs 29, 22, it says, an angry person starts fights. A hot tempered person commits all kinds of sins builds up on the inside people begin as they they're angry they feel like they're the victim and they wind up letting anger rule in their lives it really is harmful to everyone I think about a doctor I had read about in a third world country who absolutely hated the dictator who was a real cruel man and the dictator decided he wanted to do something benevolent so he wanted to build a medical center in the village where the doctor worked but the doctor was so angry with this dictator he said I'm not gonna allow that in this village I don't want people to think well of him I don't want people to think he's a benevolent person And so he stood before the villagers and he told them he was not going to allow it. They became disillusioned with their doctor. Realizing that his anger was keeping them from the medicine and help that they needed. Anger will ruin your testimony. It will make you act irrational. Anger hurts everyone around you. Someone has said, anger is an acid that can do more harm to the vessel in which it is stored than to anything on which it is poured. It harms you. It impacts everyone around you. Remember the story in literature of Moby Dick? Remember Ahab? He was so angry with that white whale that he was going to endanger his ship, all of the sailors on that ship. He was set on wreaking revenge. He was set on getting even for the loss of his leg. And everyone on that ship died except for Ishmael. Anger drove Ahab. And that anger spilled out on his family on all of those that were on the ships and their family, they lost their loved ones. That's the way anger is. It is a poison. It will impact everyone around you. It's hard to deal with people who are angry. I mean, you can't do anything right. There's a poem by George Eliot. I changed the poem slightly. Listen to it. Some fretful tempers wince at every touch. You always do too little or too much. He shakes with cold, you stir the fire and try to make it warm. 
now you're roasting him. Serve him meat, and he would like fish. Pride, greed, anger, lust, gluttony, sloth, and envy are the seven deadly sins. Pastor Ed will be sharing a message on each of these sins. We're all subject to the desires of the flesh. In this series, Pastor Ed will expose the seven most common sins that we face on a daily basis. These messages will be drawn from various portions of Scripture. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Building in Faith. You've been listening to Building in Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now we want to encourage you to log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. Again, to follow Building in Faith and access the archive of messages, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. When you visit the site, you'll only need to remember today's date. Simply click on today's date. You can listen, download, and even share this message with your friends and family via Facebook and Twitter. If you have any questions, call us. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. In the next edition of Building in Faith, Pastor Ed will continue teaching on the seven deadly sins. So be sure to join us. Until then, may God richly bless you. Your word restores.